Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best value registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. I want people to be able to hang in their PJs with a cup of coffee and just talk about life and all of it in a restful way where you walk away going, huh, I felt, I felt like I could share that. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. I am so grateful for those of you that have left reviews, who have subscribed, who have rated the podcast, because that helps to share the love. It helps people to find it. And so thank you. Thank you very much for uh, sharing the podcast episodes that you share and uh, letting us know the difference that it has made in your life. Uh, Today, uh, we're talking about friendship. Before we launch into uh, today's topic, I want you to know about my Better Together book, Better Together Because You're Not Meant to Mom Alone. It's a book that I wrote about the friendship of women, uh, particularly moms. But I'll tell you, I've had a lot of non-moms that have read it and said, oh my goodness, Jill, this is just the friendship of women. And uh, it talks specifically about how do we reach out to those around us. And that is the theme of the conversation that we're having today. So if friendship is an area of your life you're wanting to grow, if you are feeling uh, lonely, I want to encourage you to pick up a copy of uh, Better Together because you're not meant to mom alone. My conversation today was with Craig Cooper. And Craig and his friend, Walker Hayes, who is a well-known musician and recording artist, they wrote a book called Glad You're Here. The subtitle is Two Unlikely Friends Breaking Bread and Fences. And it is a story about their journey of friendship. And their unlikely journey of friendship, which you're going to hear why it was unlikely. I loved my conversation with Craig. Uh, Walker is on the road doing concerts. He wasn't able to join us for the conversation today, but I was able to talk with Craig and I was so challenged by our conversation in so many different ways. Uh, It really took me Uh, to a new level of thinking about friendship and safety in relationships in a whole new way. I think the conversation is going to bless you. Listen in. Craig, it is so good to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jill. My, my pleasure. My privilege. Yeah. Well, tell us just a little bit about yourself personally. Uh, where do you live? What family do you have? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I live in the greater Nashville area. Uh, my wife, Flora, and I have been married for 23 years. We just celebrated our 23rd anniversary Woo! on a little getaway this weekend. So Ooh. excited about that. Um, we have four kids. I've got, they range in age from 19 down to 10, three girls, one boy. And, um, my oldest is actually in college at the university of Alabama. And then the others are here in school. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, so, I've uh, been in pastoral ministry for about 17 years, eight and a half of that was full-time vocational mm-hmm. on staff at a large church in East Tennessee. And then the last eight and a half has been bivocational, uh, helping mm-hmm. found and start uh, Redeeming Grace Church. And so that's a little bit about my background. I love that. I love that. Well, you have uh, had quite a unique experience in uh, your life and uh, particularly in the area of friendship, reaching out, and you've written a book about it called Glad You're Here. The subtitle is Two Unlikely Friends Breaking Bread and Fences interesting subtitle. Every book has a story behind it. So give us a little bit of an overview of your story. That's great. I'll actually start with the subtitle because you mentioned it. But uh, yeah, two unlikely friends breaking bread and fences. Um, My best friend, Walker Hayes, lives next door to me and we ripped the fence out between our two backyards. So you see that on the on the book and Mm -hmm. the the front cover. And yeah, when we met, um, it was back in uh, January of 2014. Um, our family had moved to help start and plant a church. And then, you know, Walker and his family had moved from Mobile, Alabama to the Nashville area to pursue his dream of becoming a singer and a songwriter. And we met through, you know, some providential circumstances where God just set the whole thing up and we formed, you know, what really was an unlikely friendship. Um, Walker at the time was an atheist, um, did not believe in Jesus, didn't want to talk about Jesus. Uh, He said his only fights with Lainey, his wife, and they have an amazing marriage. He said they only fought about Jesus and in drinking. And um, (laughs) so... yeah. And so we, we, but we formed a, a friendship and just became fast friends. Our families began doing all kinds of things together. And, and the Lord, um, you know, worked in both of us uh, mm-hmm. throughout that, throughout that time. And that's what we share about. He came to faith in Christ and, uh, his, his story is just a powerful one. Uh, one that, um, is, you know, he's sharing now on big, big stages as uh, the Lord's blessed his his career in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, he's a country music artist. Um, many people listening probably have heard the song Fancy Like. Yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a oh, date night. Yeah, yeah that's, that's Walker. his song. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's him. And, there, you know, his TikTok dance went crazy uh, that he did with his daughter, Leela. And over I the course it. of the last little bit, he's, you know, he's just 
God's given him millions of people that are that are listening and what he wants to talk about and share about is Jesus. And so um, that's really what the book is about. It's about the love of Christ shared through the gift of friendship. And mm. so um, it kind of walks through it's story driven, um, true to form, real life shares about our experience and the transformational power of the gospel through the gift of friendship and uh, really in his life and in my life, you know, it's one that I step back and go, ah, Lord, what you've done, only you could do. Um, I love that. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that sometimes God speaks to us um, kind of in themes. And when you think of you and Walker's journey of friendship, what would be a theme of what God taught you through mm. that journey? I think a, th- a theme, and there probably are several, but it's sure. redemption, you know, mm-hmm. as you, as you just share, it's very redemptive. Um, our story really in my life and in his, uh, you know, I actually have had in my past, you know, some, some things that my relationship with Walker, um, the Lord really used to kind of heal and comfort me through that. And, and we share this, we talk about it in the book, but, you know, cause there's a lot of loss. There's a lot of you know, just struggle and failure and things like that, that we, we share about individually. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I, I had, um, I came to faith in Christ as an 18 year old. Uh, and you know, on the freshman college campus through a campus ministry outreach, and then just passion for Jesus went in and that ended up getting identified. And I got launched kind of into a ministry role which I gladly accepted, took, was excited about. But within about two and a half years, I had been completely burned out. I just gave everything. And and then I was released, you know, fired from the first pastoral ministry role. Wow. Um, and that was so hard for me. Oh, it was it was not it didn't feel like a change of jobs or careers. It felt like a change of purpose. And calling mm-hmm. and but the lord used it in a really mighty way to help me see so many things you know mm-hmm. one he mm-hmm. he doesn't need me you know um and uh, but it's a privilege and a pleasure you know to to be used by him in any way that he would desire but also i didn't need to have a ministry position you know to be to have a vibrant relationship with god and or even or, or, to have or, a ministry or to like, even have a ministry. Yep. Yep. Right. It doesn't yep. have to be formalized yep. because you were ministering to obviously to Walker, but I'm sure others as well. And sometimes I think that we think that it has to be like a formalized ministry to have a ministry. We all have ministry opportunities. Yeah. And the Lord really taught me that I, I you know, spent several, I mean, really weekly Sundays were hard for me. We stayed in the same church, you know, that I had been released from. And, um, we, so I, Laura grew accustomed to me on Sunday afternoons needing to take long walks. And when I took those walks, I was just, I would just contemplate, I would pray, I would, you know, pour my heart out to the Lord. I'd wet the walkway with my tears and, 
and God drew near. He, he, um, you know, he says he's close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I really experienced that. Um, mm-hmm. Five years after getting released from that ministry position, the church came back and offered me my position back. It was crazy. And so it's wow. very redemptive in that sense. And and I could really relate with Walker because he'd been dropped from once we met later on, you know, he shared his story about being dropped from record labels and and all of that and and feeling, you know, a sense of failure in in his kind of pursuit of his dreams that had been dashed in Nashville. And I felt like it was a kindred spirit, even though he was an unbeliever at the time. You know, we just really became companions in the midst of the brokenness. And so, yeah, redemption, I would say, is a big, big theme, you know, mm-hmm. in, in our friendship, in my life, really all of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. And so let's talk for a moment about, you know, the unlikely friendship mm-hmm. part of it. First, why do you call it unlikely? What's your reasoning behind that? Yeah, it's a great question. I think on paper, if you were to put kind of the two of us when we first met, it didn't make much sense, you know, that we would become best friends. Walker was, and this is, he he, he would say this, you know, he's an alcoholic. He was an atheist, uh, didn't want to talk about Jesus, didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus, didn't, didn't like the church, had experienced some things where he just wanted nothing to do with church. And he thought that his church hunting phase, you know, of the family and everything was over. They weren't tending anywhere. And, and, uh, he was really, really comfortable with not going and not having anything to do with Jesus. And me, we had moved over here to help plan a church, to start a church. And so it's very unlikely, you know, that, that he would even want to hang with me. And so many times it's like, whoa, this is crazy, but we just loved being together. And, you know, Walker and I would sit and run the scoreboard at my son's baseball games. He They would come to Joshua's baseball games just to hang with us. And he would sit right next to me and we would run the scoreboard together where we talked about life and everything. And then, you know, we would go and listen to him as he would play at Puckett's Boathouse for about 15, 20 people you know, as they're chewing on chicken wings and, and eating their nachos, <laughs> stuff like that. And I and and we just started doing everything together. Uh, then we were celebrating birthdays together of our kids and, and all of that. Um, and I found him somebody that I could share anything with. It's wow. crazy. I wrote I was writing at the time. I know you're a writer and you've written so many different books and you know your writers write, you know, and and mm-hmm. I was writing and I was writing something that was I was calling 30 something, you know, when age mm-hmm. meets grace. I did not entrust it to anyone to read it except for my wife and Walker. Mm. And it was all about Jesus. And I knew he didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. And I wasn't even sharing it with him to try to like sneakily like, hey, I want to share this. I I was sharing it with him because he always inspired me, encouraged me in my dreams. He would he would be the first and the the greatest encouragement if I when I preached on Sundays. And at one point I even said to him, Jill, like, hey, help me connect the dots here. Help me understand this. You don't believe the gospel, but you encourage me every time I preach it. I don't get that. 
You know, <laughs> and, I mean, mm-hmm. I was like, help me understand. And he said, well, I know you believe it. That really meant a lot to me. And then he mm-hmm. said, and if it is true, it's the greatest news in the world. And everybody wow. needs to hear it. Now, that was God just working on him. But I found him a confidant, like somebody I could say, dude, this is what I've dealt with in my past. And this is what I'm struggling with right now. And here's what I'm working on. You know, what do you think about this? And he's like, this is amazing. You know, (laughs) so so I just always felt built up uh, being around him. But but yeah, on paper, unlikely. I mean, totally unlikely friendship. But man, God is all up in it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think sometimes as Christians, we can build relationships with non-believers, but it, if we're not careful, it can feel like they're a project. Uh, how do we, when you look back and you kind of dissect how your friendship began and how you really made it safe for Walker to be friends with you. I mean, mm-hmm. let's let's think about that because you know, I think that sometimes that is where things get stopped. So can you identify some things that you did um now that you can look back? I mean, you kind of did it naturally because this friendship was developing, but there are we can learn from this because it made not only did both of you experience an incredible friendship, but ultimately he came to know the Lord through that. So can you think back to some of the things? And if you had to tell someone lessons learned or things that you look back on and you're so glad you did that um, made it safe for him to have a friendship with you, um, what would those be? I think that it is our job. It's my job to love And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the Holy Spirit is the one who, you know, convicts the world of, of sin and righteousness. And, and my job is to, is to, to love um, people. And so, you know, I think a lot about Jesus and, you know, when he says in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, you know, take take my yoke upon you and learn from me from gentle and lowly in spirit and you'll find rest for your souls. It was restful for sinners to be with Jesus. And that mm. blows my mind. And so, and for people to, you know, people flocked uh, to Jesus. They wanted to be around him and people who were aware of their own brokenness or had experienced, you know, just the hardships of life or their own, their own failures. And it it was restful to Mm -hmm. be with Jesus. And so I think Mm -hmm. for me, first of all, just kind of embracing that rest myself Mm -hmm. and, and going to him, going to the Lord and just opening it all up. You know, I I love, uh, I think it's Psalm 62, eight, you know, trust in him at all times. So people pour out your heart before him for God is a refuge for us. You know, for me, trusting in God can, you know, looks like pouring out what's really going on in my heart, even if it's as nasty as a neglected milk carton, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it just, here it is, Lord. And I want to have that relationship with the Lord, but then I also want other people 
to to feel like they can rest that they're not on edge that they're not like they, they've got tons yeah. of space tons of room to rethink as ray orland would say their complicated lives um and he he had, and by the way i'm a student of ray orland um emmanuel nashville he founded that church but he taught us about gospel safety and time you know um that's what people need wave after wave of of god's love for us in christ um safety a safe place where you know you can rethink your complicated life and time you know just not no pressure no um you're not under the gun you're not you know all the there's no stopwatch on it and and so that's for me, I want people to be able to hang in their PJs, which is, you know, that's what we've done with a cup of coffee and just talk about yeah. life and all of it in a restful way where you walk away going, huh, I mm-hmm. felt I felt like that was I could share that. And mm-hmm. I, I need that myself. And I found that in Walker. Walker and Lady and you know Laura and I and our families. I mean, all of us together. Yeah, we just found we found a safe place where we could do that with no. It's an, like you know, Planet Fitness has no judgment zone. Sure. Um, on their on their thing, and they're like, hey, it doesn't matter what you know what your past looks like or anything. When you come in here, mm-hmm. it's no judgment zone. You can just you know do mm-hmm. your thing, and that's what I want the house to be like in in our home and. I'm not sure if that necessarily answers the question as much oh, as I it, think it does. How how you make people feel, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, a couple of thoughts while you were t- you were sharing that is one, I don't know that I've ever thought of friendship as being restful. Uh, like you used that wow. word so many times and yeah. That's a beautiful picture. That's a beautiful Mm. picture. I love that. The other thing that I thought of, too, is something that Billy Graham said a long time ago, and that is God's job to judge, the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and our job to let. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I was referencing. (laughs) And and you just said it perfectly. That is exactly that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yes. And we can apply that in so many Mm. different areas of our life, you know, like, I mean, yes, we can apply it to friendships, but honestly, we need to apply it to family, extended family, adult children. I mean, just so many different parts of life. If we will be safe for those people, in our life, whether they are inside our family or outside our family, I think that it can be the most effective evangelism Mm -hmm. that the world has ever seen. And really, that's what you were talking about. Jesus was safe Mm. for people. I just got chills when you said that the most effective evangelism the world's ever seen. And I want to see, don't you want to see, I want to see the next great awakening. I'd love to see where, you know, Jesus is the talk of the town in the coffee mm-hmm. shops and the restaurants where you overhear when you walk in, you know, you hear people talking about Christ and you hear them talking about the transformation that he shared and the, the rest that they, you know, received in coming to him. And yeah, I just, that fires me up. We have hanging, my, my, my daughter actually gave this to me uh, for my birthday. 
my oldest. Um, it's the call to worship that Ray Ortland Jr. shared every Sunday at Emmanuel Nashville, which we were part of Emmanuel uh, for about a year before we planted Redeeming Grace Church because we had moved here to get a job. I got a job and was doing it bivocationally. He would mm-hmm. share to all who are weary and need rest, to all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who have failed and desire strength, and to all who have sinned and need a savior. This church opens wide her doors with a welcome from Jesus, the mm. friend of sinners. I love that. And and so I have that hanging and it says this this home opens wide yes. her doors with a welcome uh. from from Jesus. And that's a, that's what you know, I would want people to feel the rest of of Christ, you know. Yes. I mean, if Jesus said, come to me, all you're weary and, and need rest, you know, mm-hmm. then then shouldn't we be a safe and restful place, you know, as believers for for people to come and rethink their complicated lives? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that picture. You know, though, what strikes me. So let's let's talk just a little bit more just about the concept of friendship. I mean, we are probably the most connected culturally Yep. that we've ever been, right? We got social media. I mean, yep. you know, we're we're constantly seeing other people's lives and yet I think more people struggle with loneliness yep. than ever before. Yep. So why do you think it is that genuine friendship is hard for people these days? What's your observation? I I think you just nailed it, Jill. We're such a connected culture it was such a connected world you know social media with instagram tiktok facebook you know linkedin snapchat everything and and it's it can be almost um by the way i have social media i use social media i'm not dogging Me too. social media um yeah i i think you can you know uh, enjoy it and and use it for the glory of god but it also can be like a mirage if you're coming to it you know, for genuine connection that can only be found like really face to face. And so it's, it's almost like just picture somebody out in the desert, you know, and off in the distance, they see the, the mirage and they, and it, it promises water and it promises rest and it promises refreshment and you get up to it and then it's just sand, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't nourish. It doesn't refresh your, your soul. There's a huge difference between table connection and tablet connection. Ooh, you know, so like table connection is this one-on-one, eye to eye, heart to heart, soul to soul. You know, bear one another's burdens, and in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Like you sharing the sharing of life with one another and the sharing in life with one another at the table. Oh man, that is just, there's nothing like it. And Mm -hmm. so that's very different than the tablet, you know, in, 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 in your iPhone or your iPad or your, or your computer and the comments and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, 
these people don't really know you. <laughs> right. Right. And it can be, you know, it's, 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 it can be polarizing because it can be, you know, really high praise or it can be really, you know, uh, criticism that no one, no one would share if they were eye to eye with you. They mm-hmm. wouldn't say this, you know, but across, you know, the, the quote unquote anonymity or safety of a screen or whatnot, they, they, they will share. And so I'm a big proponent of, you know, battling loneliness through table connection. By the way, I woke up on Monday morning, really lonely. Um, mm-hmm. I felt disconnected and I just thought, okay, we've been doing a lot of this. It's not really a book tour, but kind of like that you know, where mm-hmm. you're just doing a lot of things. It's been really busy. I was still, you know, doing my sales job and, you know, the calendar has been packed and full. And so, you know, I've got in on my iPhone, the top screen, I've got, you know, the individuals that are kind of my closest connections. And I just reached out to every one of them. Hey, thinking about you, would love to grab a cup of coffee. Hey, you guys want to get together, you know, Sunday afternoon. And, you know, I, I just tried to get a context. You know, I shot a note to to walk. Hey, man, you want to slip out for a cup of coffee? And I think we are a very lonely world because you can think, oh, I'm really connected. And you're not mm-hmm. really connected. Yeah. Well, I love that you just shared that story about waking up on Monday and feeling very lonely. And I think where a lot of us make a mistake is we wake up and we feel lonely and then we start ruminating on why people aren't calling us, why people aren't checking in on us, why people aren't inviting us. Rather than what you did is you said, I need to connect with some people in my life in, you know, face to face. So you started reaching out and asking people if they wanted to do coffee. And I think that is so key that we hold so much power in battling that loneliness Mm. by reaching out to those around us instead of waiting to be invited. Mm. Mm. I'm so glad you shared that. Oh, well, Thanks. I mean, that's just the reality of where, you know, where I was. I, I, so I took my son on a trip, you know, after school was out and then I took my wife on a getaway and I, those were amazing. Both of them incredible. Mm -hmm. And then, but on the heels of, you know, 30 days of just, you know, lots and lots of conversations and, you know, interviews and press and stuff for the book. Um, I did, I was feeling that. So I'm looking at it. uh, Hey, I just been thinking about you. Hope you guys had a great family beach trip. Would love to connect and catch up soon. So that's that. So then, you know, this is my, one of my buddies and he says, love to what's good for you. And then I'm like, would any of these dates work for a lunch? And I boom, boom, boom. And then here we are, you know, and it's, and then, you know, we got, we got connected and, yeah. And and I I can't wait for that that moment. And I have another one this afternoon. That is just like I'm I'm looking forward to coming and going. How are you doing? Like really? And mm-hmm. then here's how I'm doing. Really? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I need you to know that you know because it's not always great. And right. 
And people can think, oh my goodness, Jill, people can think, well, you just wrote a book. You just, and everything is just, you must be flying high. I've, I've had people say that. And I've got really close friends who I can say, you know, it can look like that, but I, I can be look like I'm flying high and I can really be feeling low. And Walker said it to me one time. I was sitting across the dinner table and I said, man, I am so sorry. I'm so low right now. And he said, it's okay, bro. We love you low. Oh, I love that. Wow. Yeah. And I felt like the arms of Jesus wrapped right around me. And I just thought, oh, Lord, what a picture of the gospel. We mm-hmm. we love you low. Isn't that what yeah. Jesus did for us? He, he loved us in our low estate. Yeah. But what we tend to want to do is we we tend to want to, we're uncomfortable with that in general, I think. And we want to fix people. We want to help them not be low. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we don't know how to sit in that. So, you know, my, my husband, this has been a, a journey for me. My husband has struggled with depression much of his adult life. Yep. And I used to, you know, when he would say, oh, it's, it's really dark outside, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, no, the sun is shining. Oh, look, look at all these wonderful things that you have in your life. Yep. And we were once in some marriage counseling and our counselor really coached me on learning to validate mm-hmm. and ultimately that sitting in the low place with people, loving people when it's low and not trying to fix them and pull them out of it. And it was so powerful. And I had to realize that I didn't always love when someone was low because Mm -hmm. I, I was uncomfortable with it and Mm -hmm. I wanted to convince them that they didn't need to be low. Mm -hmm. And That's Mm. not what it's about. Um, We have to, you know, the old adage, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah, that's good. They really want, I mean, what we want is to just let people know. And so in that moment, Walker was just saying, dude, it's okay. We love you when you're low. I I care about you now and I don't have to fix you. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful gift. Uh, Yeah, it meant so much to me. It meant so much yeah. to me. And that's very humble of you to share what you just shared. And, you know, thank you for sharing that because yeah. it's hard to sit in that with people at times and just say, I'm here, here for you. And I love you. And I'm praying for you and wrap, kind of wrap your arms or, around them instead of, yeah, necessarily just trying to fix it. Yeah. And, and that's all of our temptations. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So, um, all right, well, we're going to bring this conversation to a close, but I think you and I could talk for another half an hour if we had the time, but I do have a question. Yeah. Walker wrote a story called Craig or he wrote a song, isn't it? Called yes. Craig. Yes. And yep. there's two versions of that song. Yep. Tell, tell us about that. Oh my goodness. That was, it's one of the greatest expressions of kindness from the Lord and from an individual that I have ever received. Walker wrote a song called Craig in 2017 as an unbeliever. He was not a Christian. (laughs) He was an atheist. He didn't want to say the name Jesus, so he didn't. 
in the song. But what he was doing was he was thanking us for our friendship, really, and then mm-hmm. a gift that we had given to them in a time of need. When he lost his record deal, we you, you know we we knew that they were struggling, and he lost. He also lost kind of a sponsored van that they had from a dealership and it was impounded. It was taken away and all of that. And we were letting them borrow our van when we would travel out of town stuff. We knew that they had a need and, you know, Laura and I, I just told her one, one day, I really feel like we need to give them our van. And she said, I agree. So we started praying, Lord, please provide for us to be able to, you know, replace ours. And, and I, I, I closed a little deal that had enough, a couple thousand dollars for me to go. And because uh, I was on commission to go and replace our family vehicle. So I, I, I did that for the used car. And then we cleaned ours up, our van up, and we brought it to the baseball field. And, and it, all of this was in secret, Jill. It's, I mean, it's even, we didn't tell our family, you know, I, I remember telling the kids, Hey, please don't share this with anyone. Don't talk about this. This is between us, the Lord and the Hayes. You know, Jesus said, when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Um, give in secret. And so we're giving this to them in secret. Um, not sharing this with uncle Stu. That's my identical twin brother who lives mm-hmm. 10 minutes down the street, you know, and mm-hmm. not, you were not sharing this with auntie. We don't talk about it with the cousins. You know, we instructed the kids and they were like, okay, we, we get it. But we gave them the van and um, Walker, you know, would, he, he was, he, he would always be kind of stunned and think I, I haven't adequately communicated gratefulness or whatever. And so he wrote that song and they sent it to us and it was it was a long time after the fact but they wrote the song sent it to us and it hit me in a moment where i was feeling i mean that day i had taken a walk and said lord you know that i try to encourage people and i really need you to encourage me right now is my life making a difference to anyone around me wow we were 5 years into a church plant i was i i wanted to see trans transformation and all this kind of stuff. And I just felt barren and fruitless. And, you know, and the last person I would have thought (laughs) that the Lord would have used to encourage me would have been my atheistic friend, Walker. It's crazy. But Mm -hmm. he sent that note and it basically, you know, as an MP3, I met Craig at a church called Redeeming Grace. It's like he understood my, I don't want to be here face. You know, I felt Mm -hmm. out of place. I smelled like beer, but he just shook my hand and said, I'm glad you're here. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, how he, I can't walk on water or turn it Napa Valley Red, but I just might be tight with the man that did. And that it's kind of a documentation of his own curiosity about my relationship with Christ. Woo! So, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was in a puddle of tears when I heard it. I felt the Lord singing over me. You know, there's a place in Zephaniah that says that Zephaniah mm-hmm. three seventeen. The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He'll quiet you with his love. He'll exult over you with loud singing. And I yeah. felt that from God Himself through yeah. my unbelieving friend. It, it was crazy. And then we we instructed the kids like, hey, I didn't share that with the kids. You know, I didn't even share that song, but what happened was the Hayes kids were talking to our kids. And have you heard the song about your dad? And Joshua, my son was like, hey, you always play us Walker songs. Why haven't you played us that one? They said it's about you. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to have to field this. So we went upstairs into our bonus room 
And I just said, you know, hey, guys, this is a song that Walker wrote to thank us for the gift of the van. We're not sharing this with anyone. And so this is tight. Please don't talk about it. Just like we didn't talk about the van. And and then the, and the gift of the van was probably a year and a half prior to the song, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they said, OK, well, it blew me away when his team heard it and they put it on the album boom oh. yeah in 2017 and that that was with a, a also with a song called you broke up with me that went platinum and that and it just you know and then he starts singing it in concerts as an unbeliever and the song okay. is really about jesus but then you fast forward five years and he walker came to faith in christ and now mm. there's a second version on Country Stuff, the album, uh, 2022, with Mercy Me and Bart Millard, who sang I Can Only Imagine. And this one, whereas the first one was really contemplative and curious, yes. this one is very, yes. very celebratory. And it's it's really Walker as a believer. And so he sings it at every concert now, and he shares his testimony about Jesus and what God has done in his life and you know, through our friendship and all of that. Um, And it really is just stunning to me. Oh, that is amazing. That is amazing. Makes, I got to go out and listen to those. (laughs) I love that. Oh, so powerful. Uh, Craig, this has been a fabulous conversation. So um, you're very kind. Thank you. So challenging to help us to think how, how to operate outside the box in our friendships, how to reach out to those around us to make them feel safe uh, with us, whether they share our beliefs or not. It's been really powerful. And I'm wondering if, well, first, how can people find you? Where's the best place for people to find you and Walker? Um, Because you guys co-authored this book, right? We did. We did. Yes. Yeah. So you co-authored it. So where's the best place to find you guys online? Um, So we have a website, walkerandcraig.com. That's pretty cool because you can just go right there and it will it has a little video um, and we'll share about uh, the book. The book is available wherever books are sold. It's called Glad You're Here, um, Two Unlikely Friends Breaking Bread and Fences. I'm on socials as at Craig Allen Cooper, A-L-L-E-N. I'm most active on Instagram right now. And yeah, it's that's where people could find us and um, God's blessing the book. It's just so encouraging to see it hit uh, USA today, bestsellers list and publishers weekly and people are buying it and giving it and sharing it. And we're just so grateful to be able to talk about the love of Jesus through the gift of friendship. It really is. It really is such a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, we will uh, make sure and include all of those links that you just shared in the show notes. Uh, So for those of you guys that are listening, uh, you do check out the show notes and uh, you can link over to um, their website as well as their social. Craig, would you be willing to uh, just pray for our listeners and Mm -hmm. uh, their their unlikely friendships uh, that maybe God has in store for them? Yes. Uh, Thank you, Jill. Father, we love you and we worship you and we thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you that you don't treat us as our sins deserve. Lord, you don't repay us according to our transgressions, but as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your love for those who fear you. And as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed 
our transgressions from us. And as a father has compassion on his children, you have compassion on us. You know how we're formed. You remember that we're from dust. Lord, thank you for your compassionate, gracious heart. Um, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Lord, I pray that everybody listening would feel your love for them, your Mm -hmm. particular love, your passionate love, your purposeful love. And Lord, I also pray that you just open their eyes to see all the image bearers around them in their relational spheres that you have put in their path on purpose so that you could love on them. Yes. And I pray, Lord, that you would use our friends who are listening right now and work in them and through them what could only be explained by you, Lord, by the fact that Jesus is alive and at work and that you hear our prayers. So please do that. Lord, I pray that homes would be refreshing places for people to, you know, reflect and rethink their complicated lives. And I pray that individuals who are lonely would, Mm -hmm. um, would pick up their phones, send a text, uh, plan a coffee meeting, get face to face. Even if it's Lord with somebody who just doesn't uh, follow you, doesn't, isn't, pursuing you or anything like that but that you could love on them through our friends Mm -hmm. and that you just meet everybody right where they are and advance the gospel build the church um bring glory to jesus through through all of this in jesus name i pray amen amen Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.